People are always asking me why. Why do the same thing every year? Why not move on? But I say if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Johnny? Present. I'm comfortable. I know the routine. And I don't want to brag, but I'm pretty popular around here. I do really well in sports. I'm just very successful here. Why would I go and mess that up by graduating? A B. I mean, in the first grade, I may not know all the answers. D. The hours are longer. I hear they don't even have nap time. I mean, I just don't see the upside. Then first grade leads to second grade, second to third. It's really good. Then you're in high school reading boring books with no pictures. Three, four, five. But he was still, still hungry. hungry. Next thing you know, people expect you to get a job and give up summer vacation. <laughs> no, sir. I think I found my niche. Thank you very much. Home sweet kindergarten. Besides, I mean, what if I failed first grade? How humiliating would that be? No, just don't think I could handle that kind of embarrassment. And sometimes better watch you. That was not a good choice. Very disappointed. Can anyone guess where we're at in the Bible today? Hebrews. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. Father, as we go into this message this morning, I pray that you'd prepare our hearts as, we, as I've been praying. Lord, I pray that you'd encourage us and prod us along. Lord, I thank you for the levity even in the video, Father, but it speaks so truly of, of us sometimes as Christians. God, help us to move on and progress towards perfection in Jesus' name. Amen. We're undertaking the next section in Hebrews this morning. We're going to be focusing from Hebrews 5, verse 12 through 6, about the same place, but verse, uh, chapter 6, verse 12 also. And, you know, this morning is Palm Sunday. And normally you kind of preach a Palm Sunday message. And, you know, it, did anyone remember there was Palm Sunday today? We didn't bring our palms, but we have these. And so, and I thought, well, God, how, does this message tie in at all? And actually, you know, I feel like it really can. Palm Sunday was the day uh, when Jesus made his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. In Matthew um, 21, you can find it there. It's also in the other Gospels. But in Matthew 21, we find Jesus sent out his disciples to go get the colt and the, the foal of the colt and, and the donkey the, to ride into Jerusalem. And on that day... Everyone was really excited. They believed that Jesus was going to come in and finally take the kingship of Israel. They were struggling under Roman rule and they wanted to have a Jewish king to come in. And so when Jesus came riding in on the donkey, they spread out their cloaks. They, they cut down palm branches from the trees and spread them down. And they were yelling, Hosanna, as the songs we sang this morning. Hosanna literally means save now or save us. So they were screaming worship and praise and yelling out to Jesus, save us, O king. They expected him to come in, go right into Jerusalem and set up the kingdom of uh, the Israeli kingdom, the Jewish kingdom again and take it back over from Roman rule. I was noticing that in Matthew chapter 21, there's a whole week before Easter Sunday. But he spends five chapters in the book of Matthew 
then talking about the things that he shared, the things that he instructed. He, would, he rebuked the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Jesus, we, we have the, the account of five chapters of Jesus helping his disciples one last time before his arrest and betrayal in Gethsemane. And I believe the part of the reason was he was giving them one last opportunity to be ready, to be mature, to not have the wrong focus. And this morning as we go into Hebrews, that's the, the theme of this section that I'm going over this morning. If I title the message this morning, it would be the best cure for immaturity. The best cure. Jesus, we've been learning about who Jesus is. And this morning we're going to learn that He's the best cure for immaturity. He wants us to grow on and go on not resting in our immature lifestyles. So He was teaching and preaching and instructing His disciples one last time. Are you ready? You know, we find out that many of them were not ready. The disciples weren't quite ready for what was about to happen. Peter goes and betrays Jesus. He, he denies Jesus. They weren't ready. They didn't have a good, good enough grasp on what was about to happen. That's why we find the disciples shortly after the crucifixion hiding in the room going, what are we going to do now? They weren't ready. Church, I want us to be mature. I want us to be ready. We don't want to continue over week after week laying the same foundation, but we want to move on. This morning I'm going to go ahead and read right through. I'm going to pick it up at the end of verse 11 in chapter 5. Now, the writer of Hebrews is, is writing to the Hebrew Christians. These are believers. And I believe that there's a, a love for these people. He's not angry at them. And yet, in, in the end of verse 11, he says, You have become dull of hearing. We're going to pick it up there because we want to ask ourselves, Are we dull of hearing this morning? Have we been walking the Christian faith for a while? But have things come in and have we become dull of hearing? Verse, starting in verse 12. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. Then we go into a, a difficult passage. We're not going to spend a lot of time there this morning, but let's read it. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come if they fall away to renew them again to repentance since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put Him to open shame. The earth which drinks in the rain that often comes upon it and bears herbs useful for those by whom it is cultivated receives blessings from God. But if it bears thorns and briars, it is rejected and near to being cursed whose end is to be burned. But, beloved, we get through that difficult passage and we go, but, beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Yes, things that accompany salvation. Though we speak in this manner, for God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. What a passage. What a passage. In fact, this, more, this, this week I went in and was, was up you know, studying and preparing and I went over to Ed and I said, why did I get this passage? You know, this, is a, this can be a tough passage, but what we want to focus on here is the encouraging words that, that the writer is giving to us. Let us leave the elementary principles. And really, in, in 6.1 there, when it says the elementary principles of Christ, it really does mean the ABCs, the basic things. That's why I thought this video was so fitting this morning. You know, we need to leave kindergarten. 
We don't need to keep doing the same thing over and over, but we need to move on to perfection. Now, when you read the word perfect or perfection in, in the New Testament, it really means maturity, full, complete. It's not perfect in the, in the idea that, that Jesus or God is perfect. We'll never reach that, but we need to move on to fullness, to completeness, to maturity. So that's the goal. That's the desire of the writer here. And I don't know about you, but when I've read this in the past, uh, in fact, I remember this was my discipleship verse. And Pastor Jeff or Peggy would have to remind me who it was that used to take me under that. But it was, I want to say his name was Scott. But um, we used to meet in this little fireside room in the morning. And he, he taught, he brought me through this. And this was our foundation. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles. And that was our beginning verse. About six in the morning, we'd, we'd meet. And I remember laying on top of the heater vents because this church was cold. And, it, and we're just laying under the heaters and, and reading the scriptures together. And um, boy, that was just, that was the beginning for me. And I remember since then reading this. The elementary principles, let's go on to perfection. Now listen to this. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and in faith toward God. And then it goes and continues to list what are the elementary principles. Are you ready for the elementary principles? This is elementary, my dear Watson. <laughs> Doctrine of baptisms, elementary. Laying on of hands, elementary principle. Resurrection of the dead, elementary. Eternal judgment, that's elementary. This we will do, if God permits. These things were supposed to be elementary. Now, we need to get a break because that's, those are deep subjects for us. One of the differences is that the Hebrew Christians were familiar from their past religious experiences in these same doctrines. They knew about baptisms. The word also can be washings. You know, we're, we're not going to talk about baptism or the washing, spiritual washings, the laying on of hands. They were, these, were Jewish, these were Jews. They knew about the laying on of hands, imparting blessing. They knew about the laying on of hands for the, you know, laying on the hands for the, to the sacrifice and removing their guilt. So for them, these were the basic things and they had to move on from them. Some of these, because some of us haven't, uh, weren't raised in the church, these are things that we need to spend more time doing. But should we have progressed by now? This morning as I'm talking to us, some of you are still in kindergarten. And some of you should still be in kindergarten because you haven't been there very long. But are some of us in here this morning still in kindergarten and it's our 20th time around? We need to really be prodded along to move deeper and further along into this thing that we call Christianity. We need to be ready for, for the things that come and shake our faith. We need to move on to become mature. In this first part, part, we say that we need to, that milk is for babes. That we need to move on from just milk. The milk of the word is the basic things. The things often we'll find on, on, on the basic TV and when we come in with just the messages that make us feel a little bit better about ourselves and they're not really pushing us and challenging us. I like people like Joyce Meyer. Because, you know, she yells at us. You know, Shannon listens to her. What, what I like is anyone who will really challenge, anyone who's not afraid to teach the Word, whether you like it or not. That should never be the basis of our preaching, whether the people like what they hear. We, the basis of preaching should be preaching the Word of God, challenging people to grow, challenging people to learn, and go beyond ourselves. Otherwise, when the trials and the tests come, has anyone had any trials or tests lately? If we're not ready, if we haven't been brought up into maturity, we will never stand those tests. So we need to move on from milk to include solid food also. And I went, what are those things? You know, don't you just wish you would just list it out? You know, okay, well that's milk and this is the things that you need to apply yourself to. So I just decided, and, and I did this on my own, so it, it might not be the most correct way, but I think it's fitting, and I think you'll agree with me, that if he's writing a letter, and he's saying, let's leave the elementary principles and move on to perfection, and the letter's not done, that maybe we'll find some of the things that we're supposed to grow in, in the rest of the book. 
So I just did a quick perusal, and it re- truly, re- really was quick to just get these things. Here are some of the things I believe that the writer of Hebrews is saying are the principles that we should move on as believers and begin to understand more. And I'm not going to elaborate on any of these today. But these are the things, and we can write them down or get, get the, you listen to it online. We need to understand God's covenant. That will be coming up in chapter 7. We need to understand God's covenant with His people more than just going, He has a covenant. What is a covenant? What does that mean? What does it mean when God made a covenant with Abraham back in the Old Testament? You know, when it, I guess I am going to elaborate a little bit. When God made a covenant with Abraham, he, there was, the animal was cut in two and spread apart. And then Abraham fell asleep and he saw the, the Lord through the vision pass through between the both parts. Well, in old covenants, I don't know why they would do these things, but they did weird things. They would cut an animal apart and if you were going to make a covenant, let's say you know, Gary and I were going to make a covenant or agreement to, to buy or sell something, we would cut an animal apart and both of us would walk through in between the animal. Basically saying that if we didn't live up to us, that one of us would be cut in two. We were kind of saying, we're both in this together. We're, we're locked in. When God made a covenant with Abraham, Abraham didn't walk through it. Only God did. Because God's covenant with man is not based upon our response. It's based upon His goodness. Do we really understand that? That's some deep things that we need to move on towards maturity in. We need to understand that Christ is our high priest forever more than just saying Christ is our high priest forever and move on. How does He become our high priest? We've been spending time and we're going to continue to do that in the book of Hebrews. In order to understand that, we need to go back and read the book of Leviticus. I, I would say if you really want to grow in, in the book of Hebrews, go back and read the book of Leviticus and then come back and reread Hebrews. See the things that are connected together. We need to understand the difference between the earthly sanctuary and the heavenly sanctuary. That's coming up in the book of Hebrews. We need to understand and begin to apply ourselves to understand. Some of these things won't happen overnight, but begin to apply ourselves to understand why Christ's death was truly and fully necessary. And it's in the Word of God. And people can help us to get these to understand so that we're more fully mature. Why animal sacrifices were insufficient. We need to begin to move on to understand how Christ's death perfects the sanctified. He actually perfects us. We're going to learn a little bit in, in the book of Hebrews, but these are the things we're going to, we, we need to begin applying ourselves, leaving some of the basics of Christianity. We need to apply ourselves to understanding the true role that faith plays in our life, and not just our salvation. Really looking, and we're going to learn about the hall of faith here in Hebrews coming up in a few weeks. What part does faith really need to put, play? Some of us, we, we have faith for salvation and then we kind of, the rest of it, we just go on our own. And we just become almost Christian Jews, Christian Judaizers who, who really don't worry about faith and we just try to obey all the time. Well, we can't. and we'll, We need to go and understand why not. One of the things that we need to understand today more than we did 40 years ago is understand the discipline of God. As believers, we need to go on and really begin to understand the discipline of God. There is discipline from God sometimes. It's not a bad thing. It's not always of the devil. I've heard people say something happened in their life, and for me it was plain to see. It's like, wow, God's disciplining you. He's pruning you. And they go, and the devil's just after me. Well, that's a true statement too. But that was God. God disciplines us. But do we understand His discipline? I've also seen people under, under immense attacks of the enemy and things going rotten and then just, and then just going, well, well, this is just God dealing with me. And, and we need to begin to truly try to understand what is the difference between God's discipline and the result of our own sin or God's discipline and the enemy's attack. Those are the, some of the things that we want to begin to progress onto into maturity and learn. Now, finally, what I want to say in this, and this is so important as we read this, that when it says, therefore, leaving the discussion of elementary principles, let us go on to perfection, that word there, let us go on, is passive. In in the original writing of the Greek, it was passive. 
Well, what does that mean? It means that you can't directly do it on your own. It happens. It happens. So here we're, we're being really rebuked. We, if we read this and, and apply this to ourselves, I am dull of hearing, and though I should be a teacher, I need to be taught the elementary things. I'm still on milk. I need to grow up, and I'm being kind of chastised and rebuked here as a believer, and, and it's good. To do that and say, hey, does this apply to me? Am I dull of hearing? And it says, let us go on to perfection. And most of us in here would say, great, give me something to do. Give me another book. Give me, give me, I'll do it. Okay, I can do it. And we skip right by that they let us go on as passive. That means we can't do it on our own. We can't move on to perfection. We can't learn any more than we know apart from being carried along by God. And how else would that be? If we really look at this letter and think, okay, this, the writer is talking to Hebrew Christians, those who are able to go back to law and on the verge of going back to the law, would he be sitting there saying, now do this and do this and do this? Absolutely not. That would be opposite of what the spirit of the letter of Hebrews is. You can't do it. Church, we can't do it on our own. So full of the Holy Ghost... We need to be moved on in perfection. As we go and apply ourselves to the Scriptures and grow in learning, we need to be carried along in God, full of the Holy Ghost, dependent on Him to make sure that we're not doing it in our own strength, resting on Him. It doesn't come from simply studying the Scriptures and going in depth, but doing so in close communion with the author of the Scriptures. How can we really grow in the, in the knowledge and grow in that? Apart from God Himself. So that's an exciting, exciting chastisement. Are we still needing the elementary principles of Christ? We need to be applying the Word of God. Now I'm going to back up a little bit because I believe that by and large, the church, and I don't mean our church, by and large, the church, whole We've gotten so far into the fivefold ministry, pastors, evangelists, teachers, prophets, that we expect them to do all the learning and for them to teach us. In my studying for this message, I read verse 12 in a new way. For though by this time you ought to be teachers... Don't we find in Ephesians that there are some teachers, not all have the gift or office of teacher, there are some, but he writes here, though you ought to be teachers, not some of you ought to be teachers, all of those who are receiving this letter ought to be teachers. All of us as believers ought to be able to teach and teaching others the sound principles of the gospel. Whether it's one-on-one, whether it's in small groups, we're all called to be growing on to, be, to the point that we could be a teacher and that we are teachers. Not leaving that for only the gifted people. How are we doing? Are we moving along? I would say most of us in this room have more knowledge and experience in the Christian walk than the average pastor in third world countries. If I transplanted you to any other country, you would be pastoring a church or maybe a district of churches simply because you have so much knowledge. So much. We ought to be able to be teachers. We ought to be teaching one another. It's one of the, one of the many reasons that we have our life groups is for the body to get together in a small group and not one person teach that group either. The idea is that we all bring something to the table and we can teach those things that we're learning. And we can make sure that the things we're learning is correct. And challenge each other. By this time you ought to be teachers. We need someone to teach us again the principles. I believe there's a few of us in here that need to be taught the elementary principles. And that's great. We want to help that happen. You might be in here going, I don't know any of the principles. I don't know anything. Well, then, then we want to help that happen. I, you know, this is a little, I, I brought some of these in. 
And I, I really just wanted to bring my bookshelf down. And I have a very small bookshelf compared to most pastors and leaders. But I brought down these seven little books. And th- this is what we use right now to help people learn the elementary principles of the faith. Through our life groups, when somebody got saved or somebody comes in and maybe they just have never been taught, we bring these through. We, we, we bring people through. And I'm, I'm going through this whole series with Corey right now. Where it's exciting. We eat donuts every Monday. Can you tell? And, uh, and we're, we, we just finished this little book called Live. Talking about what salvation is and, and why, you know, how, how to obtain it. Make sure we're going to go on to encountering uh, the book called Encounter and Receiving Christ's Freedom. We're going to grow a little bit more in this book called Grow. We're going to learn how to grow and, and feed ourselves. We should all as Christians be able to feed ourselves. Babies need someone to feed them. You know, I, I don't know if you've ever been, had that weird situation of somebody trying to feed you as an adult. It's really awkward, isn't it? <laughs> Go, I can do it. Somebody goes, hey, you want a taste of this? And you go, give me the spoon. Don't shove that into my mouth. You know, I'm, I'm a big boy. I'll taste it myself. Thank you. Yet we come to church and turn on the TV all the time and say, feed me. And that's all we ever do. Some of us. I won't look at anyone. Another one. Share. This is just a simple thing on how to share your faith and the importance of sharing our faith. And we, we go on in this in this series into how to how to lead, how to lead leaders. First, before that would have been discovering the, the, the God-given gifts that you have so that you can lead and then become a leader of others. These are, it's, these are really simple. Now, some of you said, well, that's great. These are wonderful, but I want more meat. And you'll know, praise God for that. Because we need to move on. And this is just one thing that I, I believe every life group leader has. And if not, if, you don't, if you're a life group leader and haven't gotten one of these, let me know. Because we'll, we, we haven't given them out for a little while. This book is called The Foundations of Pentecostal Theology. And you go, what is that? What is This is the foundation of Pentecostal, which is the type of church you're in, in case you didn't know. Which we believe in, in the Holy Spirit. We believe that, that the Spirit didn't stop doing things when, when the apostles died. But that, that, that occasionally people will have a prophetic word or speak in tongues. And there's miracles still today. Of Pentecostal theology, the study of God. And in this, oh my goodness, this will take you a while to chew on. That's right. If you want to grow a little bit more and you want to get into the deep things of theology, we'll, we'll go through this together. We'll find someone who just loves to go through this with, with people and... and there, we want to grow. We want to grow in the, in the depth and maturity. And not just in the fluff. There's a lot of great books out there that are fluff. But occasionally, we need to get out of the fluff and get some meat. Praise God, he didn't say leave the milk behind. He says, only, you shouldn't only have milk. You know, we don't always, who wants to always read this? I just love to curl up with my blanket and read my theology books at night. Some people do like that. Learning about healing and the atonement and the spiritual nature of sickness. So it's okay to have milk. We we need some things that are light, but we should be moving on, moving forward. And there's ways to do that. We want, I want to encourage that to happen more and more. I'm looking at a room full of, of leaders, of, of Christians who lead and influence other people. Let's, let's move on. So how, we, how do we come mature? We move on from milk to include solid food also in some of those points. How else? Hebrews 5.14 says, But solid food belongs to those who are of full age... That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. It's okay to do that when you read the Bible sometimes. Break it down. By reason of use have their senses exercised. 
We need to be using the gifts, the knowledge that God has given us in order to strengthen that muscle. Do you know that the muscle you're born with is the same muscle you'll have all your life. It just gets stronger as you use it. It stretches and gets stronger. But if you don't use it, you'll lose it. Sitting, you know, doing a lot of pastoral care and ministry and studying, and, you know, I'm in the middle of, of getting my degree and, and, you know, transitioning the church as well as homeschooling our kids. I do a lot of sitting and reading. And recently, we were, we were helping uh, Joe Stangle move his, his uh, glass shop and close it down. And I thought I was still 20. And so we went to go move a whole bunch of stuff. And we're grabbing metal and throwing it and, and you know, just using our muscles. Well, I, I damaged my, my elbow about three months ago. And I still don't know what's wrong with it, but I think what I, I just... Before that, actually, before this, I went to go work out about five months ago. I've got a Bowflex. And so I went downstairs and said, I'm going to start working out again. It's been a little while. I'm going to start working out. So I worked out like I used to. And, and, I, just, and I just started pumping and I, I, I tore a muscle. And then, you know, I'm, I'm just in bad shape. I have not used some of my muscles for a while. And so they become weak. If I don't use them for longer, they'll actually become atrophied and I won't be able to use them anymore. But we said that by the scriptures here in 14 says, by reason of use, have their senses exercised. He's telling us that we need to use our spiritual senses. We need to apply the principles that we're reading and learning about so that we get stronger and what is the result in 14? What is the result here? Somebody just read. What's the result of exercising your senses? Distinguish good and evil. Discern or distinguish good and evil. If we are not applying the principles, learning the principles and applying them, we can't even discern what is right and what is wrong. I was thinking about that, and it didn't even, it didn't just say, this is an interesting, it didn't say right from wrong or good from evil. It said good and evil. And I went, hmm, why not? We often say good from evil. There's a difference. If I were to hold up a paint chip, if I were to just take a paint, uh, maybe just a chip of this big piece and hold it up over here, Many of you, especially men, would say, that's white. Well, that's white. And then I'd walk over with this and hold it up, and you'd go, well, that's not white. But a second ago, you said it was white. You can distinguish beige or cream from white. But can you distinguish the color without something to compare it to? Some of you can. Some of you are so good with colors, you would look at that and go, that's not white. That's cream. You'll give me a fun name for that, which we have some really fun names of paints out there. And you'd tell me what color that is. You wouldn't need to hold anything up to it. You don't need to distinguish white from cream to know cream. Because you have looked at colors and things so long, you know the difference. Do we have to have Good right next to evil to know that evil is evil. When evil comes in all by itself and it's just a little bit off, are we exercised so well that we can say, that's not right. That's wrong. We need to exercise so much that we recognize evil when it's evil and good when it's good and not just always have to compare it. Through use. That's the only way that muscle's going to grow. Reading the word, applying it to ourselves, getting in there. That's another way we become mature. And we've already read this, but Hebrews 6.11. Hebrews 6.11 and 12. 
says, we desire, now, we'll read this. We desire that each of one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish and imitate those, but, but, not and, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. We need to show diligence to the end. Show diligence. We need to continue on. The word here that, that said uh, sluggish is also translated slothful or lazy. And I went, I'm going to keep slothful. Because, you know, every once in a while we go, ah, I just want to be lazy. And that's okay with us. How many of you ever just go, I just want to be slothful? <laughs> you know, let's put a good word in there so that we go, I don't want to do that one. Sometimes we need a lazy day. But we never need a slothful day. Let's not be slothful. Let's move ahead. But here's the thing. If you're not moving ahead, if you're just planning on staying in the same spot, you're digressing. Truly, you're already digressing. You can't stay in kindergarten. We were never created to stay in kindergarten. Though look pretty funny. <laughs> Climbing on the bars. We were created to move ahead and to continue to get knowledge. If we're moving ahead, we're, we're moving targets. It's going to be harder to hit us. I remember uh, driving up the mountain years ago. It was the horrible, horrible snowstorm of 93? New Year's? Remember the New Year's storm? 93, 94, something in there? That it was just like in, in one day, just... I, I was off the mountain that day in my two-wheel drive Nissan Sentra without chains. And, you know, it was raining hard down there and we got up, I was coming up with a, with a friend from Minnesota and we were coming up the mountain and it just started coming down. And it was late at night. And I just, she was a prayer where I just says, pray, pray. And she just started speaking in tongues and praying. And we got worse into the snow and we could barely see and I just kept going and, you know, I thought and it just kept getting worse and worse. I passed a UPS truck in the middle of the road, abandoned Stater Brothers trucks, just in, not on the side, just stopped in the road. I passed a four wheel drive truck in the middle of the road in my two wheel drive Nissan Sentra. And we just kept going. And I was going as fast as my car would safely let me go. I wasn't creeping. I was moving. Because I knew the moment that I stopped, that was it. And we'd be walking the rest of the way through the snowstorm. We got up and crested Onyx Summit. And we, there was no moving cars on the road. We didn't come up to any. We, got, we crested the Onyx Summit, started coming down. And then there was an accident right in the middle of the road. Um, Keith Elliott was there towing. You know, some guy who was falling off the, off the highway, towing him back up. And I stopped, and, and I was just, by now, I'm just, whew, it was just kind of funny. And everyone just, we're talking, and they look at my car, and then they look down, and I don't have chains. And, but I couldn't stop, because the moment you stop, that's it. Church, don't stop. Don't stop. The minute you stop and get comfortable in your Christianity, going, I've learned enough. My mom taught me in, 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 when I was in high school. I'm done. That's it. We need to keep progressing forward. Keep moving. Poco a poco. Paso a paso. Little by little. Step by step. Growing in your faith. We ought to be teachers. Not up here teaching. You know, there's a, praise God, not everyone is supposed to be up here teaching. Some of you would pass out from the idea of having to get in front of a group and teach. But you should be a teacher. You're, you should be growing so that you can teach others the things that you're learning. And after being saved for 10 or 15 or 20 years, not always having to go to other people to ask the question, but actually being at the point where other people could come to you and ask you. Keep growing. Keep growing. Let us move on to perfection. Paul was a big one about finishing the race and being diligent. In Acts 20, he says that his goal was to finish the race. In 1 Corinthians 9, 
He says, run in such a way that you won't be disqualified. You've got to know the rules if you're going to run right. You've got you to know how to finish. There's no shortcuts in Christianity. Continue on. Finish the race. Don't be disqualified. You know, the, the rules never change. But as you go on, things come against you that didn't come against you before. So you need to press on in your faith because it's, it's, it's this progression. You know, praise God. God doesn't give us everything the first day we get saved. He doesn't let us all the temptations and, and difficulties happen on the first day of our salvation. He says, now that you're Christian, I'm just going to give it all to you. You know, He keeps us because when we get tried and tested, which was a great message last week, God is keeping the things that we can't handle away. He's keeping them at bay. You know, when I used to study karate, they didn't teach me, you know, how to do backwards roundhouses and, 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 and kick the thing up here. I learned how to stand. <laughs> and you study the basic principles. And, and I'm really thankful that, that my, my uh, sensei, and he was a Christian guy himself, so there wasn't any mysticism in it. I was just learning a self-defense. It was a lot of fun. But my sensei, he never threw me in in my sparring time with a black belt and says, Give them all you got! <laughs> he matched us together. And I learned. And, and occasionally put something a little bit better than me so I could learn how to, how to do those things. God's even better than that. He doesn't just throw us into the ring and let the black belts come and kick us around. He says, I'm going to hold these guys back, but you've got to learn the principles a little bit by a little bit because the time is coming when all hell is going to be released on you. And we're coming into those times, I believe, worldwide we're coming into those times that all hell is going to be released on us. And if we are still drinking milk only, we're not going to make it. If it were possible, the Bible says even the elect would be led astray. Let's grow. Let's grow. Galatians 5, 7. You were running a good race. Who cut in on you? Don't let people cut in. How, how do you keep that? You've got to continue. In this case, they, they were going back into wrong teaching. They were following wrong teachings. We need to continue to grow and learn what the Bible has to say and get into those things so that nobody can cut into us. Let's go to 2 Timothy 4. It's a race. In races, you've got to keep moving forward. It says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. I want to get to that day when I can say the same thing. You can't just stop. You've got to keep moving forward. I remember years ago watching an Olympic event. And, boy, it was just, it was, it was just so hard. There was this female runner. And I just came in at the last part. And, and she had ran so far that she was delirious and she was wobbling and falling, but she kept going on. There was something in her says, I've got to finish the race. Keep moving forward. If you get tired, keep crawling. Just keep moving forward. God's going to help us through. That's what believers are there for. And then we're going to skip forward to Hebrews 12. I'm excited because in the book we're in, there's just good stuff coming up. It's been good so far. And there's more good stuff coming. Therefore, we also, Hebrews 12, 1, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance, the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus. It's about following Jesus. He's the hope. He's the great prize. It's not just to be able to say, I did it. We look to Jesus as our example. But we keep moving forward, laying aside every weight. If you've ever got into a sport, at the beginning you go out and do it just, just like you are. 
You know, if you're going to go start running, most, you know, some, most of us will go, well, just go run. We'll put on whatever shoes we have and we'll put on our little bit of shorts or whatever it is and we'll go out and start running. But when we start becoming proficient and really getting into it, we start buying the lightweight jerseys. I've never done that. <laughs> we, we get these shoes that are super light. Because after a while, you, you begin to realize, hey, I need to get rid of some of these extra obstacles. They weren't bad at the beginning. But I'm, I'm moving ahead in this thing, and I, I better be better prepared. Let's weigh aside all these weights and the things that, that hinder us. Bicyclists, they shave their legs. I don't know how a little bit of hair on somebody's leg can slow you down. But aerodynamically speaking, it does. And they go for it. I mean, what's wrong with a little hair? But if it's going to slow you down from maturing and from going on, let's get rid of it. Let's get rid of it. Let's go on to perfection. We need to persevere. We need to get rid of anything that's going to hinder us. Now, I'm going to submit this to Pastor Floyd and Pastor Jeff and other Greek or Hebrew people. So afterwards, don't do it in front of the whole congregation. Spare me that. I was looking into some Greek words here through this, and I've never heard this. But in my limited understanding of Greek, a word that I've known for a long time was epithumia, which means lust, right? But it really means a strong desire. Jesus actually lusted that he would be able to eat this, the meal with his disciples. He had a strong desire. Well, I broke that down, and I, you know, epi, the, in the Greek, we all get to go to a little Greek class for a second, epi supports and, and um, makes the rest of the word stronger and, and right now. So epithumia, thumia is like passion. Passion is really, the, that's just, it's just passion. So epithumia is, is lust. It's like right now, ah, I gotta have it, passion. The word for patience is macrothumia. Macro means long. Macro, right? A macro view would be back up and look at the whole picture. A micro view is looking really close. Macro means long. Thumia means passion. Patience is having passion for a long time. Long-term passion. Well, you know, if you're going to have passion for a long time, you got to make, you know, you don't do it all right now. You know, if you sit down to that, that buffet which I like to do. And go to the hometown buffet and you just got that thing going, I'm just going to eat. You, you got you to gotta gauge it out. You got to have some macrothumia going on. Long-term passion here. You got to have some patience and figure out what you want to do first so you can make it to the end. <laughs> Guys, we want to make it to the end. I, I'm tired of seeing Christians who, and, and truly, I, I have to say, I believe some of them weren't truly born again. They made a mental ascent to Jesus. They got saved and they gave it all. And a month later, they were gone. Never to return or not for years. You know, we need to, this is a long term race, guys. We're going to keep moving. We have to have passion. For a long time, macrothumia, not just all right now so that we don't know what to do with it, but go, no, this is going to be long term, but it's going to be full of passion. You know, when I, I, we've been married, Jen and I have been married for 15 years and, and, you know, I want to love her passionately still, but you know, it's, it's changed. It's changed from the beginning. But I want to make sure that passion is still here in five more years. And, and so you, you, you got to start going, man, this is going to be a, this is going to be a long time thing. <laughs> so I want to make sure that I can do it all the way to the end. I'm going to plan it out because I want to be passionately in love with my wife till the day that we die. So I'm going to make good decisions. I'm going to make really good decisions. God help me. 
to make it, to grow. I want to I learn more about her still today. I want to keep going. I want to do the same thing with Jesus because we're in this for the long haul. I'm going to be following him for a long time. I want to know more about him. Let my love be passionate, but go, you know, it's going to be continue. Can we grow together? Can we move on from the ABCs? Can we help each other grow and say, hey, where are you at in your ABCs? You've, done, you, you, you've already got born again. Let me help you into the next phase of your Christian walk. Let's, let's study the Word of God together. Let's get some resources. Let's pray because we can't do it with just knowledge. Let's pray. Let's spend time in the, in the Word and in prayer together. Let's get the Holy Ghost moving in our lives so that we can finally move out and become the teachers that God is calling us to be. Because the Bible says there's a harvest coming up. An end time harvest. And we need to be ready to receive them and to help them find the truth. Lord Jesus, God, I thank you for the encouragement that the writer encouraged us with. Lord, I know that I have been dull of hearing at times in my life. Help me to be sharp and hear you. God, I know that that I even had this conversation with Shannon. I am not at the place that I should be. Because at times, maybe I didn't put down the weights that you wanted me to. I let things crowd in my relationship. God, help me to lay the weights aside. And continue to move on to fullness, to maturity, to perfection. God, I pray that for every one of us in here. Or I pray that we would get a heart and a desire to know the deeper things of God. To help us in our times of tribulation and challenge. God, I pray that you would help us to see the long term, that there's a long race that we need to run. We need to be getting stronger each and every day. Lord, help us to be able to discern good and evil. Because there's a lot of evil out there masquerading as good. Help us to exercise our faith. Help us to exercise our knowledge of you and the knowledge of the word that when we see evil, we just say that's evil. And I want nothing to do with it. God, give us endurance and perseverance and patience. Long passion for you, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray that nobody in here would burn out like a falling star. But God, we would all burn for the long haul. Joining together, helping each other to grow. God, we love you. We bless your name. We thank you for this Easter season. Even as we approach this Passion Week. Help us to reflect on that which you did for us. That we might lay hold of it and move on in our Christian faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.